he is trustworthy. But for us to hear answers, we need to pray. We need to speak with him. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier is tomorrow night, 6.30, right in here, we're praying, going to do this for a while on Monday evenings until the Lord says otherwise. Uh, nothing complicated, nothing really planned, some options where you can pray out loud. You don't have to. You can kneel. You can sit. You can walk around while you're praying just to be in the presence of some others who are burdened and praying as well. We just encourage you to doors one and two, the front door and the handicap door, the ones that will be open. You can just come and go during that hour or the Lord breaks through longer than that. But I just encourage you if you're able to come and participate because he is one we can trust because as you just saying, he has always provided. God makes a difference and it's time for us to make a difference. Tony and I weren't in the same places, but I was in Michigan also for a couple of days this week, Thursday, Friday, and part of Saturday. I was together for what's known as the annual college gang weekend. There are five of us. We became friends our freshman year in college at Olivet Nazarene University, and that was 10 or so years ago. With emphasis on that or so. And we get together every year, and sometimes more than just the once, but especially on that time, we try to carve out the time for it no matter what, and it's just an awesome time. And the one thing that struck me, and hadn't thought through it in preparing this message, but it just kind of overwhelmed me this morning as I was thinking through the weekend, and I was laughing at some stuff and smiling at other stuff, and none of your business what I was laughing at, but anyway just the difference those guys have made in my life. It's one of those where you go, I can't imagine if we wouldn't have met. And to know that we have that option and we have a God who makes a difference and we are to be like Christ, which means we're to make a difference in other people's lives. Not just point them to him, but he's in us, so we should make a difference as well. To have an impact upon our community that we live in. I mean, if for some reason the church was not here starting tomorrow, would the community notice? I don't mean the building, I mean the church, that's us. We should be living lives such and following the one who makes the ultimate eternal difference in living in such a way that it makes an impact. So I invite you to turn with me in the New Testament, the book of James. It's near the back of the book. If you're grabbing one of the Bibles under the chairs, I think it's about page 1196 or somewhere in there. We're going to be looking at these verses from James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. And as we look at this passage, uh, James is one of those very practical, I call it, well, duh, books of the Bible. In other words, you're reading and you go, well, duh, of course. That makes sense. But then I read the next thing and go, well, ouch. That hurts. 
but it's so practical in, in its application, and so is this passage. How do we make a difference? It's time for us to do it. Follow with me, if you would, in your Bibles or your Bible on your devices. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. We're to hear, we're to listen, but not just so that we can do better at trivia, but so that we can make an impact by how we live, by doing what the Word says. Amen, end of message, but I'm going to keep preaching anyway. It's time to make a difference. And I think we have to understand how we can put ourselves in a position to make a difference. And the first three verses here put us in that position. Verses 19, 20, and 21. It says, first of all, we're to be quick to listen. That's an interesting phrase. To be quick to listen. Now, Biology gives us the example, and every time you look in the mirror, you get a reminder that you should listen more than you talk. And this is coming from somebody who talks for a living. Because you have two ears, but only one mouth. Somehow, we get that math turned around. Right? We are to be quick to listen, always seeking to listen. Now, at my wife's insistence, I went to see a specialist earlier this year. It was a specialist who works on one part of the body, the ears, and everything connected to it. And they ran a test and they said, good news, you have working ears, you can hear. I said, thank you, and started to leave. And she said, not finished. 
But there are certain things you don't hear well. I said, what? She said, exactly. She said, in these tones and ranges, you don't hear well. And I said, just out of curiosity, would female voice tones be in that range? She said, yes. I said, I have an excuse. And she said, no, you don't. Because there's a way to fix it that I have not yet done. After being with my college buddies, I'm pretty sure every one of them suffers from the exact same affliction I do. Which motivated me, my wife will cheer, to make a follow-up phone call to that specialist, if I heard correctly. But we are to be quick to listen. It simply means we're to be paying attention to the world. We're to be paying attention to God's word. We're to be paying attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. To be quick to listen means that we are to be, oh, I hate this, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Both. Because you see, anger doesn't produce righteousness. In fact, the scripture says it is the opposite of that. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I was studying and trying to make sure I understood this correctly. Some of the commentary that I was looking at said that anger creates in us a loss of self-control, even if just for a moment. Anger is not a witness for Christ. Listening can be. Acting on what we've heard can be. So be quick to listen. Secondly, to put yourself in a position to make a difference, we need to remove all filthiness and wickedness. Filthiness is an interesting word, isn't it? It's one that just the pronunciation of the word, you get a kind of an idea of what it means. I mean, when you say filthy, you feel a little filthy. I mean, it's just, oh, I get it. Not clean. Not as it should be, certainly not righteous. That we're to remove filthiness and wickedness. And if you look in verse 21, it says, therefore, put away, big word here, all filthiness and wickedness. In other words, we're to put away all of it. Not just the convenient parts. Not just the parts that we don't struggle with. Do you ever notice that we love to point out how other people sin when it's different than how we sin? And when somebody else struggles with a certain area of wickedness or filthiness, we're quick to go, oh, I can't believe they struggle with that. While ignoring our areas. If we're going to make a difference and put ourselves in a position, we need to remove all filthiness, all of it, all wickedness, all of it. The other thing in studying this, 
I've come to the conclusion whenever we allow filthiness and wickedness to take residence in our soul, in our life, it will always lead to an excess of filthiness and wickedness. In other words, where there is some, there will be more. Which is why the scripture says, get rid of all of it. Because it tends to multiply. It's like that pesky weed in the yard. It's just one, I won't worry about it. Well, when you blink, there's now two and then 20. It has a tendency to spread. Filthiness and wickedness does the same thing. And then lastly, to put ourselves in a position to make a difference, we need to humbly receive and accept God's word. Verse 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The implanted word, God's word, that is to take root in our heart. If you're going to have anything take root, let it be God's word. Humbly receive it, all of it, and accept it, all of it. Receive and accept. To do that, you need to know it, which means you need to be in the word. That's why I encourage it all the time. Get in there. If you're not reading any, start reading a verse. If you're reading one, read two. Just get in the word. Allow it to speak to you and to show you how awesome God is, how much he loves you, and how to live for him. For you see, accepting and receiving the word can save your soul. And nothing else can. Only Christ and the word tells you how that can happen. So putting ourselves in position, quick to listen, removing filthiness and wickedness, receiving and accepting God's word. So how do we make a difference? If it's time, how do we do this? If you're in position, and if you're not, then just stop there and start working on that. But if you're in a position, you've received it, you're working on the being quick to listen, you're working on rid of filthiness and wickedness, then here's what to do. Beginning at verse 22. We make a difference by being doers of the word. It's not enough to listen and know. We must listen and do what we know. You hear a lot in education circles, see if I can get the phrase right, that you'll do better when you know better. So you need to be in the word to know it, but then once you know it, once you've read it, once you've heard it, once someone else has shown it to you, then you need to do what it says. It's of little value to simply know it. You might do well at trivia, but you're needing to do it. As I heard a minister just this morning saying that, you know, somebody toward the end of a worship service said, is the message done? And the person who answered was very wise and said, the message has been said, but it hasn't been done yet. 
What's happening right now is I'm saying it. But it's not going to matter one bit unless as we leave here, we do it. Taking notes helps me. That's why I give notes or a way for you to take notes because I learn well that way. So you're stuck with my method. But no matter how well you take your notes or how much you stuff your Bible with those notes, unless when you leave here, you do what's in those notes, which is God's word. It doesn't matter. That's a harsh truth, isn't it? To make a difference, we need to be doers of the word. Verse 22, but be doers of the word. I, I can't find any other way to interpret that verse, except that we're to be doers of the word. I mean, if you've been able to figure something else out, let me know. Being doers of the word, not enough to listen, though we need to listen, not enough to know, though we need to know, we need to do what we've heard and what we know. And it's interesting, this whole passage started with a reminder to this. Verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Be quick to hear, hearing the word. But then we're to do what it says. Because if you only hear it and don't do it or put it into practice, you will deceive yourself. Now, it's interesting that it doesn't say you'll deceive others. Verse 22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, because you don't deceive others if you're not doing anything. <laughs> you're only deceiving yourself. I've said before, I've got shelves full of notebooks, and I've tossed away shelves full of notebooks from seminars, workshops, and conferences I've gone to. And not one of those notebooks, no matter how well I took notes, ever changed anybody's life. Only if what I wrote in those notebooks, I did. The same is true for us. To hear it is awesome. Now we need to do it. We need to take those first steps. We need to act on what we know. If we're going to make a difference, we need to be sure to control our tongue. Sometimes I don't like the book of James. Verse 26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious... And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. There's that deceiving word again. This person's religion is whoo, worthless. Ouch. Let me add, this includes your social media accounts. If employers are looking at social media accounts and deciding whether to hire somebody, how much more are those you're trying to witness to remembering what you put online? <clears throat> Not just hearing this stuff, but doing it. That includes what you put online. 
which is going to be impacted by what you look at online and what you listen to. I forgot to warn you to bring your steel-toed shoes this morning. want to know a little more about this you can look ahead in the book of James chapter 3 talks about controlling and taming the tongue as well if we're going to make a difference we need to also verse 27 be sure to care for the vulnerable you go well why do all these things matter these other things why can't we just skip to verse 27 and take care of the widows the orphans and anybody who's vulnerable you can do that but you're going to make a much greater difference and impact if you take care of the stuff before that. Because then as you care for those who are vulnerable, they're going to see Christ in you. Then as you care for those who are vulnerable, they're going to know that you don't just hear this stuff, you're a doer of it because of love. Verse 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, to care for those who are vulnerable. Widows and orphans, as are mentioned here, children from broken homes, single parents, those with emotional or mental struggles, and on and on the list could go. Those who were vulnerable. And in the day that James 27, 127 was written, the widows and orphans were the most vulnerable. What are we doing to help? And the last thing that's mentioned in this passage is that if we're going to make a difference, we need to be unstained by the world. In other words, that we should be impacting the world, not the world changing us. As one of my college buddies said a few years ago in one of our conversations, he said, the way I measure it is I imagine myself dressed all in one color with a can of paint of that same color and a paintbrush, and I'm trying to fling that out to everybody around me. He said, the interesting thing is they have a different paint color and a different color on, and they're flinging back at me. And he said, I have to look down and see, do I have more of their stuff on me or is more of my stuff on them? I'm afraid for too many of us in the church, more of their stuff is on us than our stuff on them. It's time to make a difference not by how we yell not by our signs of protest not by the petitions we sign but by the actions we take and the words we say are you making a difference for Christ where you are in your own home or your neighborhood or where you work, or where you go to school? Are we as a body of believers making a difference in our neighborhood? What difference and impact are we making in our world? What do you need to confess and therefore change to make a difference?
What will you do about any of this this week? See, if you just say, I'm going to work on that, but you don't put a time frame on it. I know from my own personal experience, you're not going to work on it. I went to see that doctor who said, you need some help. I said, thanks for the advice and did nothing different. I was convicted partially through this message. That I need to act on what I know to be right. Spiritually and practically. What do you need to do this week to be a doer of what you already know? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, it's not easy to say this, but thank you for making some painful observations. Thank you for showing us the way, for showing us where we need to change, what we need to work on. Lord, I pray this week that you would guide me as I seek and act on being more of a doer of your word instead of just a teller. To be a doer of your word instead of one who just keeps absorbing information. Lord, I pray that many will join me in that pursuit. That we would pray together and for one another. And that as we leave here, we would do the sermon. That we would be what your word says. Lord, I don't just pray this, I plead for this. In myself, and in this body. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.